When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Have you been thinking about maybe having your own podcast? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple and many more. With Anchor, you can start to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's truly everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all of the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. I am so excited to introduce you guys to my next guest, who is a grounded person who realizes what's important and what is not, and is able to let go of that which no longer serves her. Please welcome Jui Singh. She is the CEO and founder of the Jui Ash Center in New York City. She's a thought leader in integrative medicine, and she is one of the top acupuncturists in New York City, and I know it because she's mine. Welcome, Jui. I am so excited to be here, Heather. Thank you for having me. You know, I was so excited to have you on the show today and to talk to you because, I mean, now more than ever... We need holistic healing in our lives. And, I, you know, I, as a background, I mean, it's, it's like the crossing of Eastern and Western medicine is really something that's always been quite interesting to me and something so interesting that I, as you know, went and got my health coaching certificate and learned about, you know, all of the holistic uh, parts of integrative nutrition. You know, the congruence of, of, of Eastern and Western medicine, you know, to me is, vitally important and people don't know what they don't know. And so to understand that medicine is not just going to the doctor. 
You know what I mean? As we, as, as, you know, Westerners understand it, it doesn't mean an antibiotic necessarily. And so I, I've been able to talk about it and I will continue to talk about it on the podcast on the nutrition side, but I want to bring you in on the spiritual medicine side, so to speak, and really taking care of our inners, you know what I mean? Our chakras, the things that Ayurvedic medicine talks about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's very interesting because usually when you go to the doctor, it's for something specific, you know? So we have experts that perhaps will just look at the stomach or just look at the heart. You know, they're eye doctors, but um, to find someone who is really integrative in their approach and understands that we can't just keep putting band-aids on things spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically, in every way. Um, and that we really have to search a little bit deeper because if you want to fix something, you've got to get to the root of the problem. Otherwise, you're just constantly masking it. And that will only get you by for so long. And so what I love at, um, for example, at my practice, and it's a good example, is that I work with a phenomenal cardiologist uh, by the name of Dr. Suzanne Steinbaum. And it's lovely when we have patients, we're both running back and forth. I mean, I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, and she's a Western cardiologist. So it's a very interesting mix, but we're literally running back and forth uh, when we have shared patients and really examining the patient from, from a multifaceted perspective because it is never just one thing. Um, we were speaking yesterday, there was a patient that has you know, heart disease, uh, but also suffers from migraines and doesn't sleep at night. So as you can see already, that's a, a, cask, a cycle, a vicious cycle. You have migraines, you're not sleeping, you're stressed, and you have heart disease. So, I mean, we can really unpack that. There's parts that I take over, there's parts that say she takes over. And this is never to disparage Western medicine ever. Um, but the, I feel like the synergy of the two combined is, I mean, that's a one plus one equals 11. Yes. And it's magic and it's not disparagement of, at all. It's just the way things were and the way things that we understand things need to be. Change is, you know, always evolution and change always have to happen. And what I learned in nutrition school was truly that Western doctors are treated in terms of how to uh, fix you, how to make it better. What I learned about when I studied Eastern side of medicine is that they are into uh, prevention. So when you bring those two together, like you and Dr. Susan do, you guys are actually walking that walk and talking yeah. that talk. I mean, I yeah. remember, and I want to talk about your experience and, and how you arrived where you are. It's, it's, it's definitely an amazing story and it's an important story. But I remember once going to the emergency room with a severe stomach ache and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And after that experience happened, I basically had gas. I had severe gas. There was nothing yeah. wrong with me. I thought I was my, uh, you know, appendix was going to explode. It hurt so badly. And the doctor never asked me what I ate. He never asked me what my diet was like. You know, he never asked me any of those things. And I, I remember leaving the emergency room feeling so foolish after that happened and all, these, all this time I wasted. And, you know, I realized it, was, it had to do with what I was feeding myself on my own. Like when I was in nutrition school, I started to recognize that. And I'll never forget that experience. It came back to me and I said, he never asked me what I ate. And it was like a light bulb went off in my head. And so that's what I learned about 
the congruence of the two and that, you know, what we call integrative, you know, health and nutrition. So, Jui, you know, I definitely want to talk about, you know, your, your practice and you've studied such a variety of health methods, you know, from Chinese medicine and homeopathy to yoga, of course, you know, acupuncture. But I just want to back up a little bit because uh, you had something a little bit different, you know, uh, diagnosed with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis at the age of 16. And you had an experience with Western medicine, and then you added in Eastern medicine and really put your heart there. Uh, can you talk to us about that experience a little bit and how it drove you into you know, who you are today? Absolutely. At the age of 16, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, which are two autoimmune disorders that affect the digestive tract, the intestines specifically. Um, and at that point, my parents had taken me, I was an only child, literally dragged me to every doctor under the sun in the States and abroad. Um, and it was just medication after medication after medication. I was on experimental drugs. I mean, you name it, they had me on it. And by 19, almost 20, um, we realized, the doctors realized that they couldn't keep me in remission and I was running out of options. Um, as you were mentioning before, when you went to the hospital, uh, nobody asked you what you ate. and so. It was so beyond puzzling to me how every doctor I saw said food had nothing to do with it. I, how, how do you think that happens? <laughs> I mean, everything you put in your mouth, everything is, has to be absorbed by the gut. And if the gut's not functioning well, how are you able to break it down, absorb, process anything? Um, and so when I went uh, when I went to India, it was my aunt actually, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner and nutritionist, who really taught me about um, how we've got lots of foods that are good for us, but we really have to figure out what's good for each person specifically. And that's you know that's a whole other uh, sort of ballpark, but it's really about figuring out what is good for you. So in our center, what we've done is, I, what I tried actually to do was create model um, centers that we have in India, Ayurvedic centers that we have in India. So to your point, when you go to one of these centers in India, you are sitting down with the MD. You sit down with a Chinese medicine doctor. You sit down with the Ayurvedic doctor. You sit down with a homeopath. If you're in pain, you sit down with a physical therapist. You sit down with a nutritionist. And then the group of experts come together and we figure out your treatment protocol because it never, ever, ever should be a one size fits all approach. So when we say looking at the body as a whole, that became you know, forefront. It was the first thing that I wanted to do. I always knew, I was never one of those children that didn't know what they wanted to do when they grew up. I knew from the age of four that I wanted to be a doctor. I never in my wildest dreams did I think I would go into Eastern medicine Good Indian girl, you know, <laughs> set up for Western medical school, make her parents proud. Uh, and I genuinely always loved medicine. I always, I've always been a care caretaker and the first to run when anyone is in trouble or to fix them or make them better. And as in my heart, I always knew that that was my forte and it was what I really enjoyed. It was my passion. But I knew after going through this experience that I never, ever, ever wanted anyone to suffer on my watch again. So I, after coming back from India, let me rewind. When I came back from India, I spent two and a half months with my aunt. And when I came back, I was off of all medications and I stayed in remission for over 22 years. 
Right. So you had in Western medicine with Crohn's, basically you went on for many, many years with probable, probable misdiagnoses, right? We don't know what it is. We don't know how to treat you. So pumping you with uh, antibiotics or, or medicines, and then even as far as irreversible surgery, right? And what you did is you put your health in the hands of your Ayurvedic doctor aunt, right? Who you, you, you said all or nothing, right? I got one more shot to make it was this- my last shot. I was literally, this was my last shot. And that was exactly what my, my mom had said to my aunt. She, she, she has no more, she's out of options now. Yeah. There's so many stories about that when it comes to, uh, really overcoming ailments. Obviously, you know, Jack's had a liver transplant, my little guy. Uh, we couldn't have done that with anything, but a surgeon in there, you know, doing the work. But what we learned so much about is all of the treatment after liver transplant that his surgeon wasn't, that's not what he did. He's like, I'm going to do the surgery, but everything else, we need a support system. And that's exactly what I feel um, the Jewish Center brings. It's, it's what you bring to me in my life, you know, um, and you, you came out of being diagnosed with, with Crohn's disease, almost dying from it, quite frankly. And you turn that into dedication to improve the lives of others. You know what I mean? You, like you said, you, you suffered and you can't imagine looking at someone saying, I understand if you didn't understand. And then you couldn't look at that person and say, and I can't help you. Your, your goal exactly. in life was to be sure that you could help through your own personal journey. Exactly. I think that's incredible. And I think that we all need to remember that when we're sick and not feeling well, um, it's not a one size fits all formulation. And you have to know your body. You have to listen to your body. And and we should start listening to it before we're ill. We should start preventative measures. And and that's really what Jui is about and what she has taught me so much. I mean, really as a healer. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about holistic healing because I want to, I mean, Chinese medicine has so many levels to it, as does Indian medicine, but I just, Ayurvedic is one of the world's oldest holistic healing systems. Mm -hmm. And I mean, developed more than 3000 years ago, folks, okay, in India. And it's based on the belief that health and wellness depend on a delicate balance between the mind, body, and spirit. So I want to talk about the importance of that, like your, your opinion on that holistic approach for various elements and just basic well-being right now, especially right now? Um, It's very interesting because Ayurveda is the oldest science. It is the science of life. Chinese medicine was actually built off of Ayurveda and Ayurvedic principles. And in Ayurveda, we believe that everyone is born of a semblance of three constitutions, which is air, vata, pitta, which is fire, and earth is kapha. Um, and again, so the example that I often use is you see children brought up by the same parents, born into the same family, raised the same way, but they're completely different from, from childhood. One is really messy. One is hyper-organized. This is your constitution. So let me back up and tell you what these constitutions, um, stand for. So Vata is air. It's fast moving. It's fast talking. It's fast walking. It's the creative energy. I often call it the mad scientist. Um, they don't like rules. It's kind of the learn the rules well enough to break them and make them your own. Um, very out of the box thinkers. In terms of body structure, they tend to be either very tall or on the shorter side and thin. I always ask, um, I always look at the wrist 
because it's a good indicator of the bone structure. So your pitta kapha, uh, when the wrist is very tiny, it doesn't matter how much you weigh. I mean, you, you can you can you can be very overweight but have very very tiny bones, and that's just indicative of your constitution. When there's too much air in the system, and again, air, we're I'm coinciding with right now. We're entering vata season, which is fall. Air, it's windy season, right? When there's too much air in the system, it leads to digestive issues, anxiety, insomnia, um, can be depression. Um, and so what do we do with air? We have to ground air, right? And uh, the second one, and this we tend to think of as the later stage of life. So think of the things that go on in the, you know, after 60s, um, insomnia, again, arthritis, cracking joints. Um, so all of this is the third phase, this last phase of life. But again, this is just what you're born with. Uh, the second one is pitta. Pitta is your go, your drive, your ambition. It's the middle stage of life. I think almost from when college till you retire. How much of that you have in you is subjective. Um, I always say 80% of Manhattan had way too much fire. <laughs> it really needed to take it down a notch. But um, but it's your goal, your drive, your ambition. Uh, Pitas are perfectionists. They uh, autoimmune disorders, any kind of inflammatory process, problems with the eyes, a quick temper. Um, if you see people that get red in the face very quickly, that's very Pitta-like. Um, so again, Pitta, we're looking at disorders such as any inflammatory process, autoimmune disorders, uh, rosacea, psoriasis, anything that turns red on the skin. And again, problems with the eyes, temperament. And again, it's your goal, your drive. That's This is what you're born with. Um, and then the third is, and Pitta tends to spike in the summer because it's hot. It's heat, right? The third is uh, Kapha. And Kapha is the childhood phase. Kapha tends to be more dense. <laughs> I say this in terms of body structure. Their bones tend to be a little bit more heavy, um, but it's the nature of a, a child. So the afflictions are very similar to that which would affect a child. Uh, respiratory issues, they produce a lot of phlegm, mucus, um, asthma, lots of metabolic issues, difficulty losing weight. They tend to hold on to everything. They can be a little bit clingy. Um, but the nature of vata is like water off a duck's back. They are the the house. They're sort of the, the solid figure that keeps everything standing. And so the world could be crumbling around outside of you, but someone who is very kapha will just take it by the reins. And whether or not the rest of the world knows what's going on internally, they are the foundation. They keep everything strong. And personality is very kind. And so, again, everybody has all three constitutions, but two are usually higher. And so when you know what two are higher we can start then to look at all sorts of things like what should be you be eating for your constitution? If you have excess air and you juice or have salads all day, it's not good. If you have excess pitta and you're having foods that are hot in nature, foods that are acidic in nature, that is going to exacerbate pitta. So it will make an autoimmune disorder or anything that's happening in the system worse. You know, so what you're talking about is you're talking about what you would call doshas, right? And these right. doshas, they present in each of us. I wanted to focus a little bit on vata today because I felt like everybody, even though I might be more vata than you are, 
right now, I think everybody's vata is like in excess right now. Okay. We all are manifesting anxiety and agitation and sleeplessness and we're all inflamed. You know, it sounds familiar to everybody. So I, I hope that maybe you could talk a little bit about how to treat that right now. Absolutely. Um, so coincidentally, uh, we, because we are entering windy season fall, we know seasonal affective disorder occurs now, you know, between fall and winter, typically depression. And so the things that we really have to look out for are in terms of um, eating is eat seasonally, don't eat raw. Remember when I said like increases like, that is something that I would try to steer away from, try to cook your foods. You can even blanch the vegetables, but it's better to have them cooked. It's just easier to digest. And um, when we're talking about mentally, vata's air. What do you do with vata? You ground it. What's one of the best ways to ground? Put your feet in the grass. Go lay in the grass because you, it, you know, we're all in this sort of... Um, state of not knowing and wondering and are, you know, that in and of itself, the fear <laughs> that surrounds that, it causes X number of things that we're going to look out down the road. But what I keep impressing on people is stay in the moment, really, really, as much as you can try to stay present. We don't have control over so many things right now, but we very much have control over our reaction and our response. Sometimes learn the hard way from realizing what doesn't work. And in these unprecedented times, I can tell you that going outside and putting your feet in the ground, incorporating meditation, doing things that are soothing to the body, you want to nourish yourself. You want to nourish every aspect of yourself right now. You want to be really, really good to yourself. I cannot express the importance of keeping your immune system up as well. I mean, it is so vital. And I've said from the beginning, every thought manifests on a cellular level. Oftentimes we can't measure it until something happens, but we don't want to wait for something to happen. We want to be able to address it beforehand. And so when you see these things, these thoughts or these feelings, or even um, physically, when, when you're feeling out of sorts, I think it's really important to write it down because it's so easy to just glance over it and go through your day and just keep going, going, going and never stopping. And, you know, you get to a point where then you break. So having agency over your mind, your body, your spirit, just how you're feeling, I think is half the problem. Because again, you can't fix something until you know where it's broken. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's so huge because right now where everybody is just on, you know, high voltage overload of anxiety. I think we had as a society... Um, and I know you and I have talked about this so many times about how, you know, we live these, we were living these lives that were just, I, I would say sometimes, I don't know how long, you know, one can sustain this. And I say this for myself and many people. Um, and this has really forced everyone to take a deep time out and a lot of introspection and a lot of time really right now, I keep telling people, figure out what makes you happy. Set a schedule for yourself. Listen to music. In Ayurveda, they believe that all of your senses should be bathed in um, the attributes that are good for your constitution specifically. Um, so again, vata is air, right? So what do we do with vata? We need to ground it. Grounding colors, warm colors, warm tones generally will make you feel better. The scent that you breathe should be for your constitution. Um, so again, we want to just 
in, engage our senses with things that make us feel happy. And the, the brilliance about this is irrespective of where you are, whether you can come to see us in New York or you're, you're you know, in a part of the country in the Midwest and you don't have access or you're limited by, um, by financial means. These are things that everyone can do across the board. I don't care where you are, how much money you have. You know, putting your feet in the grass doesn't cost anything. Meditating doesn't cost anything. It's about learning how to use these principles to lessen what we're feeling, the intensity of everything that we're feeling right now. And also keeping in mind that we, yesterday is gone. It's gone. And we don't have tomorrow. We don't even have five minutes from now, right now, right? Right now, you and I, I we, right now we have this conversation. So really putting your effort into every minute and making that as beautiful as you can for yourself and those around you, I think that's where we start to pivot and and go back to basics. It's really, you know, when you think about what she's talking about, right, she's talking about centering. And, you know, it it can sound really like lofty and, and it is pretty amazing and like your chakra system and the thing when you get into that. But let's just talk about centering being the broader concept of grounding, right? You know, Absolutely. your center is expansive. You, you know, it encompasses what, what we talked about, your body, your mind, your spirit. And so simply putting your two feet on the ground, right, is one way to start. Connect your bare skin to the earth, right? Pump up those negative ions, right? Deplete the positive ions. And then you're going to start to create a neutral grounded kind of charge. And that's one of the things that we have to find. So find a patch of grass. They have them in every city. You know, (laughs) sit on the sand if you're a beach goer. You know what I mean? Get in the dirt if you ride dirt bikes and like mountain climbing like me. You know, you're good to go. Exactly. Find what suits you and just do it. That's the whole thing. Do it. You know, we don't realize aromatherapy crosses the blood-brain barrier, has direct impact on the nervous system. How hard is it to smell eucalyptus oil? I mean, there are certain things that we know that can calm the system down. And again, these scents are very powerful. Focus on what's in front of you and what you can control. And always know that every single problem has a solution. We just got to find it. And it's never a one-size-fits-all approach. So you talk about self-care also, and you always say to me, I never want to hear one excuse from you about, you know, one apology about the fact that you're here getting acupuncture, that you're here doing, you know, I'm so busy. I should be here. This is, this is what really is important to our core, right? Yeah. Because if we're not okay, you know, someone said to me once, if this ship sinks, there's a lot of people going down with you. And that always stuck with me as I realized how, how true it was. And for a practitioner, oftentimes it's, we're not great at taking care of ourselves. We're great at telling everybody, but in taking care of everybody else, sometimes we lose sight of ourselves. And I think that if we can, again, change perspective and look at the silver lining, because there always, always will be a silver lining um, and carry that forward, I think we would have all learned such great lessons because I'm not sure the way that we were carrying on before was was good for anybody. So this literally, I, I keep saying Mother Nature just gave us a time out. Yes, because as it's so true because this is momentary as long as it's gone on. You know what I mean? We can't operate from fear. Like that disconnects us from ourselves. It disconnects us from others. So yeah, we have to, you know, be on our toes 
right? But let's focus on the things that we have to do, right? Instead of the things that we're not doing anymore. Exactly. Like, right? What we can do. And, and some of the things that we can do that are real simple, kindness. A little yeah. more kindness out there in the world, right? That's going to make you feel better. Compassion. Compassion. Compassion, awareness, appreciation, understanding of self. These are the keys to happiness. They are the keys to happiness. I I always use this story. So um, I've always done charity work from the beginning of my career. I followed um, the saying by Maya Angelou, which is when you learn, you teach. And when you get, you give. And so um, irrespective of where I was in my life, um, I chose Haiti. I started going in 2014 and went regularly with money that came out of my own pocket. And I would treat handicapped orphans and abused women that were um, that are HIV and uh, or tuberculosis positive. And I would say I could do 300 treatments. And again, I'm not sponsored by an organization. No one is funding. This is totally coming out of my own pocket. But I can see 300 people throughout the course of a day and have so much energy by dinner. Uh, Whereas I could do this, I mean, not 300 people in New York, but be drained in New York at the end of the day, because there is, uh, when you see that you're making such a profound impact in someone's life, that feeds your soul. So going back to compassion and kindness is to also look and see what's going on. Where can we lend a hand? I love that. I mean, I, I think that charity work is, you know, so important. And I like this old adage, throw your problems in a circle and you run home with your own. There's always somebody that's got it worse, you know, than you do. And Going through something, your challenges with Crohn's turned you into who you are today and a healer and someone who's teaching and treating so many and helping so many and not to mention physical, you know, getting on a plane, going to Haiti and giving of yourself to serve those who are so underserved. Those things are fulfilling to people, but they're also showing that all through your work and all through your struggle, what you've become or are continually becoming on this evolution is a grounded person. And a grounded person is someone who realizes what's important and what is not, and is able to let go of that which no longer serves them. Absolutely. You know, growing up, it's very interesting, growing up in an Indian household, we're almost, I was almost taught that that taking care of the self or spending too much time taking care of yourself was equated with being selfish in a way. And it's actually completely the opposite, completely the opposite, because you can only ever be the best version of yourself and help others and do all of these other things if you feel good. Because if you don't feel good, I mean, you know, it's again, it's a vicious circle. So getting back to figure out the foods that you should be eating, figure out a meditation practice. And meditation is quite simple in the sense that we say meditation is keeping the mind in one direction when the body is in many directions. In our daily lives, our minds are all over the place, but we sit still, right? We want to reverse that talk. So even if you're walking and you're just putting one foot in front of the other, but all you're doing is focusing on putting that one foot in front of the other, you're meditating. So meditation, again, is only thinking about one thing at a time. We come from the earth, right? We are are like members of this crazy planet and this crazy ride on this universe, right? And, you know, we even give give Earth the distinction of mother, you always say. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to remember that in our balance, you know, that the Earth has our back. 
So I, I talk about getting outside. I, you know, most of you guys who listen to me know I, I really enjoy the outdoors and hiking and being outdoors a lot, even challenging myself, uh, you know, to high levels outdoors. And I found that it fed it fed something that I needed. It fed, it, fed, it fed a hunger. It fed a drive in me. But while I was feeding that, you know, energy, the fire in me, right? You would call that my bata, right? Your pitta. My pitta, thank you. Um, well, I'm, you know, got that pitta charged, like being outdoors balanced it for me. So even though I was charging up to, you know, 22,000 feet, the, ba- <laughs> the balance of being in the earth, in the air, in the soil, in the yeah. element with zero sound, exactly. you know what I mean? Without the outside stresses, you know, obviously music is a really important thing. Um, you have, you had said this both to my kids, to both of my kids, Judy, that you said, to try to find those things that are more grounding. So if you want to, you know, be on your phone, don't be on Snapchat or whatever all day long, be on iTunes, be on Spotify, be on your music. You know what I mean? Let that help ground you. Use the devices for what you need them for. And I always use this example, like how ass backwards is this? When we were growing up, our parents, you know, had to get to work to open the computer. We wake up and the phone is right next to the bed. And it's it's like you're waiting for the other shoe to fall at all times. How is that good for you? How on any level planet is that good for you? Because you're waking up in a sort of a state of like fight or flight almost, you know, you're expecting you're anticipating, you haven't even had time to go to the bathroom or take a shower or eat breakfast before you're trying to put out, you know, I, who knows, it could be any amount of fires in a given day. So the bottom line is start the day right. Let's start going back to basics. Learn from this experience, please. I always say lessons will keep repeating themselves in life. They'll come in different names, different shapes, different forms, but the underlying gist, um, the lesson will always be the same. And the stakes just keep getting higher as you get older. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. I mean, I think it's a certain, certainly a really great way uh, to close this out. There's, I can't wait to have you back. There's so much more to talk about, but the bottom line I want you guys to really remember is, is that through Julie's own struggle, you know, she came into medicine wanting her patients to be empowered, to know they have options and that they could take their own health into their own hands and be empowered enough to know what was available to them. We can take that outside of what we know as Western health. And I want to remind you again, what we learned on this podcast in Eastern health, that also includes the environment around you. This pandemic has certainly brought us all an opportunity to reflect on what's important, reflect on what we're doing in life that we don't want to be doing. Um, And by the way, somebody might come out of this and decide like, I don't want to be beholden to the overhead expenses I had. I'm going to simplify my life. I want to live differently. This is an opportunity of rebirth for all of us. Every day is not easy. It's, this is not like, this is not like, oh, darling, meditate and everything will be wonderful. But it takes work, growth and, and grounding and understanding who we are takes a lifetime. There's so many things we can do right now. But the number one thing that we must do is appreciate what we do have. Again, we don't have five minutes from now and we don't have tomorrow or yesterday. Um, but we do have right now and we can improve right now because it's in our control. Um, but just right now, while we're all sort of hunkering down, I think it's really important to nourish, nourish the body, nourish the mind, nourish the heart, 
nourish your family, nourish your friends, nourish the things you have control over, most importantly, nourish and take care of yourself. And, you know, it's a lot also about just change, flip the perspective. If you wake up and you have a shitty day in the morning, like you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, just know that you can give yourself a timeout at any point in the day. Go into the bathroom, go into a closet, go wherever you want to go, go on a walk. But know that you can shift that perspective. Just because you had a rotten morning doesn't mean that the rest of the day has to be rotten. And learn the lessons from now. Learn what you want to, what was really important to you right now, whether it was, you know, cooking and having meals with your family and whatever it might have been that you normally weren't doing. Make sure you incorporate that back in as life starts to transition back into our quote unquote new normal. I think that is paramount um because if if we want to change and we want to be happier and healthier we have we have to start the change within us absolutely well i know what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna order everybody to take a bath tonight yes salt water bath yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, reflect and get in touch with self and no matter what that means people. And I'm going to go nourish my garden now because I have all these great bulbs to plant so that my garden brings me joy in the spring. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Please tell us where our guests can find you. My Instagram is Juhi, J-U-H-I says, and our Instagram for the center is uh, Juhi Ash Center. And I'm here to help anyone that I possibly can. So please add Instagram, add Chewy Says. Thank you so much, honey. Love you. Thank you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to Hollaback. This is the part of my podcast where I answer all of your questions. My first question today is from Yvonne Osway, at Osway. Yvonne asks, when did you know that you wanted to start your own business and which factors do you think have been important in making your businesses succeed? Ah, okay. So the idea for my very first business came out of personal need. They always say, or I've heard it said, and I'm sure you have too, that necessity is the mother of all invention. So when I had my idea for uh, my first shapewear product that I patented, I knew that right away uh, there was a need for it, that there was a white space out there for it. And so I had an idea that I knew there was going to be a market for because after I had designed it for myself, many years had gone by and I would look around in the market and and there was nothing like it there. So immediately I knew that I had something good, but it was really my desire to share it with everybody else that, that made me get the kind of fire, that proverbial fire under my tushy to actually start the business. And that was through encouragement of my husband. So he said to me, you always give back. You always are helpful to friends. You know, you always share knowledge you have. And here you have this item that you designed for you that's encouraging you, making you feel better. And yet you are not sharing it with the world. And so I think having a network of good people 
that are encouraging to you and who want to see you succeed, even when you have to take risks. Um, I think that's very important. So I knew that I wanted to start my own business when I had the right idea and I had the right support. And that is one of the factors that has been very important in making my businesses succeed is I have been really good and really smart at putting people around me who are better than I am at certain things. So building really good teams has been, I think, my key to success in business, having the right people flanking you, having the right people supporting you, and having the right people filling in the gaps where you fall short because we're not perfect and we all can't be all things. So we all bring equity as we learned from my friend Emil to the table, however. And so um, finding people with equity that's maybe different than mine is a very, very important factor um, in making my businesses successful. So I hope that answers that for you, Yvonne. Um, Thank you so much for the question. My next question is from Katie Corrigan, and she's at Katie-C-O-R-R. That's at Katie Cor. And she asks, what age or event happened where you knew you wanted to be a hardworking businesswoman? Oh my gosh, Katie, I love this question. I can remember being about six or seven years old and playing, you know, playing in my, in my uh, house. We had a, a basement that was kind of like finished that we would play in as a child. And there was a desk, a school desk in the basement. And there was like one of my mom's old typewriters. And there was like an old phone that, you know, a dial phone that had been disconnected. And I remember setting up the desk with my grandmother's letterhead. She worked at a company in New York City. It's like a publishing company. So we had a lot of the letterhead around the house. And I remember looking at her letterhead and having the typewriter on the desk and having the stapler on the desk and my phone on the desk. And it was at a very young age that I knew that I wanted to be a powerful businesswoman, like sitting behind that desk empowered me at a young age, uh, having control over, I guess, my own life, my destiny. And I can tell you that happened because I was watching growing up in the 70s, women's rights you know, listening to big changes happening, you know, in my house, the way my grandmother thought versus the way my mom thought. My mom was at home with two kids, you know, raising two children as a working mother. Um, the, her background, my grandmother's backgrounds, both of them, uh, one of them was a single mother her whole life and an immigrant to this country uh, from Scotland. And they instilled in me that I could be anything I wanted to be. And I was encouraged and empowered by the movements going on around me. Even though I don't remember them that specifically, they absolutely had an effect on me. And so I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a hardworking businesswoman because that would, in essence, lead me to my destiny and keep me also in charge of my own destiny. So it happened at a very young age. And I remember being very little with my grandmother's letterhead and the typewriter. And it's quite some some, uh, vision to remember. Um, And and listen, we can look at that today, right now in our times today and see how difficult the struggles appear to be now. We will overcome and the country will continue and evolve and be stronger and better for it. So everybody hang in there. Love you all. And uh, can't wait to check in with you next week. Keep those questions coming.